Hello, Drop Pod listeners. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Pods at The Drop Podcast. You can also find the podcast along with all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast. And you can follow along on our socials and see what we got cooking at The Drop underscore pod. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is presented by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board-certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal offense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. Already not that great. (laughs) 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 Yep, that's that's a turnover for a layup to start the game. How you doing, folks? (laughs) This is a drop podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulat. What's going on, everyone? Hope you're all doing well. Uh, we have a special episode this week for you. It's going to be a lot less of Mike and I talking. We're going to send you pretty much right to our interview with Lewis Kelly. Lewis was the NJSGA 2022 State Open champion. He's an amazing guy. I mean, he's he's super down to earth. It was a unbelievable conversation that we had with them. It's even tough to say interview, right? Because he, it really was truly a conversation. I mean, we had questions for him, but it was very free-flowing, and Mike, I, I really enjoyed it. And if you recall, he flips the interview. He starts interviewing us and asking us questions about stuff, and, and you guys get into your experience at the Open, because I know you that's what you qualified for, and you talk about the course conditions. It's really... Uh, it was awesome. Really great, really great conversation. Yeah, and I think that goes back to, you know, when I had watched him go live at the State Open in the playoff of the Facebook Live that the NJSGA was putting out there, in that little three-hole playoff with him and Jason Gore, I was like, this dude gets it. He be, he's got to be a guy that we get on the show. He's clearly a good golfer for, for the numbers that he was putting up. But then just being able to sit down and talk to him, you know, I, I think just how this whole, you know, journey's been for us is everybody's welcomed us with open arms. They've been open and willing to come on the show, to, to talk shop. And he's just another example that I feel like he's kind of like a long lost friend. Like we haven't connected in a while, but when we do, it's like, hey, how are you? Haven't seen you in a while. And you just catch up. Right. And he's just another one of those guys that's easygoing, willing to talk. You know, great, great guy. He's, it's another, you know, and I feel like it's so cliche of what we say about a must listen or must watch or, or those types of things. But I hate to say it, but it is. So this is a great interview. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Again, we talk about a number of things. We go into some deeper topics, not just surface level stuff. So without further ado, here's that interview with Lewis Kelly. Enjoy. Dr. Mike Pamakala at Sports Solutions Physical Therapy and Performance Development is located in Middletown, New Jersey. 
A Titleist Performance Institute medical practitioner, Dr. Mike uses a hands-on approach with his clients to get them out of pain and back onto the golf course. No pain, no problem. Assessments are available for golfers looking to improve flexibility, power, strength, stability, and overall efficiency with their golf swing. Don't let this function disrupt your swing. Schedule an evaluation with a TPI physical therapist and check out Dr. Mike at sportsolutionspt.com and on Instagram at sportsolutionspt. Fellas. Hey, Lewis. Lewis. What's up, man? How's it going? Great. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. All right. Today's guest is none other, none other than the 2022 New Jersey State Golf Association Open champion, Lewis Kelly. Little background here on Lewis. He's a two-time Gloucester County Golfer of the Year. He was 2010 NJSGA William Y. Deere Junior Champion. He also starred for three years at Adelphi University before finishing his career Division I at Louisiana Lafayette. He currently is the assistant professional at Burlington Country Club. Lewis, I, I appreciate you taking some time here to, to come on the show. Ryan, Mike, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you coming on, Lewis. Thank you. So, so Lewis, like, kind of let's get started here from, from your background. We'll start, in a sense, from the bottom up. You know, sure. like from, from where you were, and I always like to ask this to every guest that we've had on because, you know, for Ryan and I, we kind of like to see where people were to where they are now. And I ask that because, you know, as someone who competes and, and follows you guys, I, I kind of look at you guys to me as like the PGA Tour. And, and when I see your names out there and you guys doing so many good things, it always sparks my interest in, in terms of like, well, where did he come from and what? did he have to go through and and you learn so many different stories about so many different people but why don't you give us a little bit of background you know maybe through your junior days to your high school days to, to kind of where you're sitting now sure um so I started golf when I was 10 um competitive golf I remember like it was yesterday it was only three people in the field I shot I think 50 at Riverwinds which is South Jersey so that was that was my first win. I was like, oh man, this is nice. And I played <laughs> basketball, soccer, baseball growing up, um, up until about high school. So um, you know, when the guy missed the the game winner and I passed it to him, like, man, I, I could have made that shot, you know, and dad's like, Yeah, let's try some golf. So, you know, that definitely got me hooked for sure, because it's all on you. And I definitely like that pressure. So um, yeah, so I'm from South Jersey. Um, and obviously this is a Jersey podcast, which I love. So Started golf at 10. And then, um, you know, as I started getting more serious, my speed and height started to slow down. So my option of, of going pro in other sports started to diminish. So that's why I chose, that's why I chose golf. I still think I got some speed and some vertical, uh, jump, jumping height, but, um, no, I just, you know, and then I got into high school and went to GCIT and, um, you know, we won the state title my freshman year at, at Beacon Hill. Um, and then kind of got off to the races from there. Um, obviously wearing a first tee hat. So first tee is near and dear to my heart, you know, still a coach there and went through the program there and had a lot of um, life changing stuff happen through the first tee, played at Pebble Beach and stuff like that. So um, wasn't fortunate enough, like like my peers to play in a lot of, you know, um, exclusive junior events like AJGAs. You know, a lot of people know that AJGAs and 
traveling the country. So really stayed local. Um, you know, I think that's how I went to Adelphi just cause you know, I was local played in a lot of Philly stuff. South Jersey doesn't have a lot of, of golf, like North, North Jersey guys do, um, met section, all that stuff. So I played in Philly junior PGA tour stuff. Um, and then obviously got, you know, I feel like I got really good at Adelphi and, and was able to transfer and then, you know, had a really good last year at Louisiana and then kind of went off from there. So that's kind of a little bit of the story. Do you feel like you, you didn't hit your peak yet? So going somewhere like Adelphi and then, and then still growing as a golfer to then, to then end up having to transfer, wanting to transfer, you just, you hadn't hit that, that plateau yet. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like I said, um, you know, not playing some of the AJGA stuff, like the people who are on the PGA Tour right now. I mean, I got a lot of people that I've competed against on the Corn Ferry and PGA Tour. So during that junior um, stint, um, not playing a lot of high, um, high worthy junior golf, let's say. So, um, you know, wasn't re recruited by the Georges or the, or the you know, the, the uh let's see another team Vanderbilt's or, or what have you. I think going local and, and obviously winning the, the junior, I'm sure we'll talk about was, was big for me. That was a, obviously a big moment because, you know, New Jersey is a big state and definitely well-respected in the golf community for sure. Um, so when you win a big tournament like that, you know, you get, you still get some, some looks, which is great. So went to Adelphi and my thing was, man, if I ball out here, you know, no happen, you know, there's no chance of, um, you don't know where you, where you could go. So I, I took that very seriously and I, and I love Adelphi. If you've ever been to Garden City in Long Island, it's, it's special. And I've had a lot of, a lot of great, great moments there. And, um, you know, like I said, an opportunity came up after I made the national championship as an individual. So, you know, I took it and ran with it. Awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah that's, so, uh, so go ahead, Rod. Go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say that seeing that growth and that development, like you said, that late bloomer is, is always kind of like, you got that, you got a little bit of that dog in you. Like, yeah, if I, if I, like, I'll go here, I'll, I'll ball out and then sky's the limit. I, I like that. Yeah. So, so Louis, so let, before I get into like kind of where you are now, you know, let's, let's dial back a little bit to 2010 when you did win that William Wide Deer tournament. Now I know growing up as a kid, I, I was very competitive and tried to, to dabble in things. And, and unlike you, I never was truly successful. Um, but I think the competitive thing always got me going. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I, when I look at it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, you know, the summer going into your senior year. Yeah. Um, and you didn't play many at New Jersey state golf associations. It was a lot of gap stuff, correct? Yeah. Zero. Zero. That was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I guess when I read the article and I kind of like, try to do my research about it you know a lot of things and i felt like the thing that i kept reading a lot about was like you know he's shows very little emotion but like the intensity you can see is is always there um why don't you talk a little bit about your experience winning that event yeah man um you know like i said i i feel like the cut the state's cut in half um i don't know if that's fortunately or unfortunately but it's just kind of how it is. Um, not a lot of South Jersey, you know, for, at that time, I think in 2010 or I was, wasn't privy to it. A lot of South Jersey guys played North Jersey stuff. And I feel like, you know, the MJSGA is in North Jersey. All the opens are in North Jersey. I don't think they've ever had a state open in South Jersey, like below Trent. 
I could be wrong about that, but I'm not sure. So, um, some research on that. Yeah. So, so it's all North Jersey stuff. So, um, my, my childhood coach who's legendary in, in the golf world. His name is Dick Smith, past president of PGA. He gave, um, John Daly, his PGA trophy, and he gave Dave Stockton the Ward to shore trophy. So, um, you know, I learned golf through him from, from age, you know, 11 till I still think he's my coach till now. Um, so, so having that legendary coach, you know, helped me in the golf space, like, Hey, you should play here. You should play there. Um, so I got a, a gin handicap. I was, I'm not a country club kid. So, um, so I played at a Valleybrook where he taught, um, and um, there was no qualifier. So then I've never played a qualifier. So we just signed up, which was great. Rockaway River. And we were like, okay, this is match play. And we were kind of like learning the tournament as we drove up. <laughs> and, you know, um, like, hey, like, what's this tournament? It's not a normal junior event. You know, you, you might stay there. You might go home. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, you know, we my dad still had to keep buying hotel hotel work. <laughs> Right? As, as you make it, you, you continue to make it up the ladder. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, um, so our, our big thing is we're not going home yet. And we still have that to this day, you know, like, Hey, we're, we're still not going home. You know, we're staying up North Jersey, which is Rockaway river. I mean, basically from Philly to past New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's in the so top yeah. left hand part of the state. Yeah, yeah. So that's two and a half hours. So for mm-hmm. me at, at 17, that's, you know, a light years away. Right. <laughs> and it travel, you know, our limit was probably like an hour for my dad traveling the golf tournaments. So that was like going to another country. It was like, oh my gosh, you know? So I can't believe we're still in New Jersey. So yeah, we still, we still talk about that stuff to that day. Cause I feel like there was moments in my life where I, I felt like I could be a professional golfer. Um, I felt like I could play at the top level and still do. I still think I can make it to the PGA tour, but um, you know, that moment winning, that was like, man, I think I'm really good at this. Like, I think I can do something right. Cause you're seeing the people that you're beating, you know, talking to them where they're going to school, what their aspirations are, who's their coach, how they train and all that stuff. And I had zero of that. And I'm like, I beat that guy and he's doing this and doing that. So that was really huge. And it got me into, um, the Western junior, which, at that time was the farthest away. And then I got into the Carter cup, which was, you know, a Met golf event, which is like the PGA tour, right. That was bigger than AJGA had to wear a suit. Um, So that was like crazy. And then played Baltusrol upper and lower. I mean, I shot, you know, probably 200 for for 36 (laughs) holes, but it was like, you know, that opened so many doors to like the golf world. Cause my golf world was just South Jersey and Philly. Right. So didn't know anything. So um, you know, that was a huge win, you know, in my life, even though I won the state open, but for me, that kind of propelled me to some bigger stuff and kind of opened my eyes from, you know, just being in the backyard, so to speak. Yeah. yeah that, that, I mean, that experience itself has to be, you know, you feel like a little kid in a, in a, in, in a big environment. And then when you go sure. in it, it's like, wow, I, I truly thought I could do it. But then when you actually put you know, it into action and get it done. It's, it's truly remarkable. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads me into this year's state open. Um, and, and I, and I say that because, you know, and I, and I feel like I'm on repeat ride when I say this and I feel like it's kind of like every episode we have, I say like, Oh, I participated in the 
stayed open this year at the Ridge. <laughs> like I started dabbling in, prof- in, in competitive golf. Like it, after COVID, I started going, I played division three college golf, like, but okay. then I had a family and some kids and, yeah. you know, just like anything, it goes on hold right. and COVID hit and I got way back into it. Like now the grind is real, like started dabbling and playing. And I never was so nervous at a qualifier in my life at Burlington country club in yeah. 2020 at, for the state amateur. And I was yeah. like, so I'm on the, I'm on the range and I'm shanking shots, shaking hands. So you were hitting them on the first hole, right to the first hole. Ah. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, How do I, were doing that? Yeah, I'm like, and I got to go to the first tee in a couple minutes, right. but I left there. I left there saying like, I had fun doing this. So just like anything, you continue to grind, but I was fortunate to, to qualify for the New Jersey state open this year at the Ridge. And I say this all the time, you go watching you guys just hit balls. I was like a fan, but I can't lie. The one thing that really stood out more so than anything. And besides we'll get into your play, especially that final round, which is incredible, but, and then battling Jason Gore, nonetheless, down the stretch was when, and again, I'm a golf nerd. I'm a golf fiend. I look at you guys as like PGA tour guys as like famous dudes. When you guys probably think you're just average golfers, whatever the case is, but he he just gushes. Lewis. He, he, I do. Like, I, when we talk, I, he, I, it's I, like it's like, oh my god, I got to meet like LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Like he's the same, listen, the same thing. It, 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 I, I kid you not, because when the NJSGA went live on their Facebook, and yeah. for the three holes that yeah. they are following, it, I am that kid who feels like I'm 15 again, even though I'm 39 with two kids. I'm that 15 year old watching it, and the way that you would interact in that three hole playoff with them while it's ongoing yeah, really stood out to me. And, and I said, like, I feel like that dude, I don't know who he is. I've never seen him. I've never met him. I've never talked to him, but like, I felt like, like that dude gets it. He's down to earth. He understands the importance of focusing on a shot when he's about to hit it. But the minute that he steps away from the shot, like he's able to be himself, he's able to be personable. And I can't lie. I, I ultimately thought that truly helped you. Yeah. Rather than being like, I felt like Jason Gore went straight PGA toward like head down, like laser focused. I got it. But I also think there's some negative sometimes that that you can't just like take a deep breath, live in the moment, enjoy the moment and still produce. And, and I thought like that was one specific moment for me that really stood out. But um, do you remember interacting like that with them when they were doing that? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Just to flip the podcast real quick, let me talk to you about the conditions, like how you felt, and then I'll, obviously I'll answer your question, but what what do you think of the setup and all that? Because I'm going to talk about all that. What do you think of the setup? What do you think of the course? Because to me, I thought it was PGA Tour level as far as conditions, fat, firm and fast, right? Obviously long, which, which I, I know you guys don't know my game, but that fits me perfect. Right. Um, so like, let me just hear your thoughts and then obviously I'll, I'll answer. Right, I love this. This was incredible. Right like we're talking I, golf. I, I, I'll be on here for three hours right now. Just <laughs> answering that question. If you're going to start interviewing us, this is we're going to do seven no, or eight I, Zoom I, calls. I have, too, I have too much respect for you guys. You know, I'm not going to do it. Well, I'll be honest. I, I've never played in one. I've tried to qualify for one. I've always tried to qualify. And I got lucky and got in. And yeah. then I my goal when I got – the goal was to get it. Just get in one. Right. And then you get in it and you get to see the place. Um, 
I knew for someone like me, I don't hit it particularly long. I think I'm lucky if I can get it out there like 280. And I feel like my goal once I got in was like, let's just be presentable. Let's be respectable. Let's not go shoot 85, 85. And the first day I shot 78 with a double and a triple. And I was, I was like, wow, okay. I I actually got it around decently. I thought the greens were pure as they could be. I felt like if you got it on the right line, the ball went in the hole. And there's not many times at places you can truly say that. 100%. And then the second round, I was like, okay, let's just avoid big numbers. Let's see if we can avoid some big numbers. And I didn't make any mistakes in terms of like doubles or triples. I shot 74 and was really happy. But the one thing, again, I would say is like, you would think that the course would have been beat up. There would have been divots in the fairway. There would have been like maybe even sand spots covering. But I left there and it was as pure of a golf course as if nobody played it the day before ever. Even so much as the, even as so much as the driving range. Yeah. Now, yeah. So if I can stop you and I want to challenge the NSGA real quick, Um, not any controversy stuff, but. Uh, my first open was Hackensack 2013. That's where um, they're going this year. Yeah, and I um, I made an eagle on the first hole, and that was kind of my first introduction to professional golf, right? Um, I don't know the po- – I obviously, we know politics are in everything, and I'm not a political guy, but I really want to push the NSGA to beat out the Met Golf Association in our home state. And I say that to say because – I'm going to echo what you said that. And I, I know that people may think I'm biased because I won there, but I feel like since I've been playing state opens, that was the best state open setup I've ever seen. And not to put down other um, golf courses in their conditions, right? Because we all know we're golfers. One bad year of, of rain for a week can destroy a golf course. Right. And you have no control over that. Right. We're not God. So I think that was the perfect weather, but I feel like the NSGA needs to challenge a little bit for some, for some top level, better courses. Right. Cause I feel like New Jersey is one of the premier States in the no country. Doubt. No right. Doubt. And, and I feel like we're getting beat out on some really great stuff. Right. And like, I don't know how, for instance, Somerset Hills, if you guys played there, right. Top 100 in in the, in the country. Right. But in our own state, so, and I, like I said, I know there's politics, there's golf boards, you know, we don't want to have that, but, you know, can we try to have some of the best um, courses in the state as our state open? Like that's our major championship. That's our U S open. Right. So anyway, so I just want to echo that, that it was the best conditioned golf course since I've been playing in state opens that it was, I felt like I was playing a PGA tour event, how, how pure the greens were. If you hit it on the right line, it was going in. Um that that was the one thing that I felt more so than anything that I obviously I'm not as good as I was playing with it with Dean Greiserman, who's going division one to Stanford, who straight up mashes the golf ball. Yeah, I mean, and, that family is legit. Oh, it, I was I was I felt like again, like like I am now, I felt like I was a fan on the golf course, annoying this kid, asking right. him a million golf questions. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I and then the third guy in our group was Aaron Aceto, who's the director okay. of instruction at Knickerbocker. Like okay. just two dudes. Great, great guy, by the way. Great guy, great guy. Two dudes. I'm just asking questions to, and then they're asking me like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I'm just like, "I'm just a teacher." They're like, "Oh, when you play golf?" I'm like, 
Well, maybe like once or twice a week. Well, when do you practice? Well, 15 minutes before I play like that. that and they're laughing at me um, right. because they they live and breathe it. And I wish I could. I just don't have that luxury. But yeah. I, I can't agree more with that. The greens yeah. are something that Ryan and I have talked about so much on this on this podcast. When you're talking about like golf courses specifically, yeah. I can live with a lot of things. But as long as the, the greens are rolling. 100%. It makes up for so many other flaws that the course yeah. may have. And yeah. and that place didn't have any, and the greens right. were spectacular. All right, so let's go back to interaction on Facebook. Um, okay, good. I can I can jump in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but Lewis, actually, before you answer his question, how many strokes do you think you beat Mike by in that state open? Uh, I didn't I, make I the looked, cut. I looked I it up see- this morning. I actually did um, a little research on Mike, right, because we're just <laughs> – and I did see that you played in there, which I didn't know. And I don't want to sound like, you know, cock or anything. So I had, I did have to scroll down to find your name. I, I want to say it was like 81, 83, something like that. Or 78, 83, something like that. 78, right? 74. 74. Okay. Um, I don't know how many strokes that was. I know if we were playing the last 36 holes, I would have got you by a lot. But yeah, well, I I had I gave everybody a head start in the first round. So I don't know how many <laughs> strokes. Right? What you shoot in the first round? I think one over. Was it par 72 or is par 71? I want to say it's par 71. Okay, so I was seven over the first day. Yeah. So you're up six. What you shoot yeah. on the second day? Uh, I think course record, 65. Yeah, well, you beat me by nine there, and I actually played probably the best golf I can play. I shot 74, and <laughs> under those conditions, I was beyond. I was beyond. I left there saying, like, okay, you, I beat everybody in my group. I beat Dean that day, and I beat yeah. Aaron, and I left there feeling no. like a million bucks. That That is a respectable score. Yeah, not bad for a gym teacher. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, so if my math is correct, that's 15 you beat him by. I just want to yeah. okay. beat him by 15. With a, bad fir- with a bad first round he had. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully- so go into your round a little bit. Let's go into this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, the Facebook thing. So I feel like um, I think when I turned pro right out of school, I, I, I would say that I, you know, struggle with my golf identity. And what I mean by that is, Obviously, growing up my age, we idolized Tiger, right? Like everybody my age, if you're a couple years older, a couple years younger, it was Tiger. So when you're watching Tiger, he is like almost like Jason Gore, right? Like, and you spoke about it before. Don't talk, don't wave, don't do anything. So when you're watching a goat like Michael Jordan or anything like that, you're like, oh, this is this is how it needs to be. Like, this is it. This is the standard. So if you're talking like Lee Trevino, you're not going to be as good, even though Lee Trevino is a Hall of Famer, right? So, like, you see the comparison. So if you want to be like Tiger, if you want to make millions of dollars and shoot 59 every day, you need to talk to nobody. So for a few years, that's kind of how I how I was, right? And I, like, I, I want to play professional golf, and I want to do all these things. So – when you're off the golf course, be yourself. When you're on the golf course, struggle, basically, right? So I'm like, all right, we got to we gotta do something about this. And, you know, I, I got married um, basically three weeks before that. And obviously, I've known my wife for four years. So, you know, she's kind of helped me like, hey, you're not yourself when you're on the golf course, right? Like if we were out 
you know, I'm talking, have a good time, hugging, high five and all that type of stuff. Like, why don't you bring that personality and stop trying to struggle and fight yourself on the thing that you love to do and, and want to be successful at. So I feel like in my game was trending, um, that whole year and obviously it peaked then, but, um, you know, I, I kind of brought that in like, okay, this is the, I was, wouldn't say the biggest moment for me, but this is a big moment and I, I want to play well and I'm playing well. So ne- let's not do this while we're playing well. Right. So I didn't know that they were going to do that Facebook thing. And obviously, you know, all everybody's going social media and that's the big thing. Right. So um, I was like, man, this is the perfect time to like be myself. Right. Because like, let's just say if you're the Tiger Woods and you take that attitude, Mike, if we're playing in a tournament and you're not talking and I have a caddy, I'm just going to talk to my caddy, maybe out loud on the tee box, you know, or, or down the fairway. So I got to f- figure out a way to be myself, not, not the Lee Trevino, like way over here and not the Tiger Woods way over here. Right. I'm Lewis Kelly somewhere in the middle and my own self. So I felt like, um, it was great. And I feel like, um, Obviously, New Jersey golf is 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 trying to grow. Um, they're trying to compete with the with the Met, you know, which is such a juggernaut, right? In the in the golf world, um, and I wouldn't say it was my duty to do that, but I just felt like that would be great, right? And I don't know how many followers they had. I don't know, you know, if they if my mom was on there, you know what I mean? If she was just on there, it'd be great to just have her talk to me through the screen, right? Like, oh, good shot or nice. I love how you said that. Uh, and and I feel like I got a lot of feedback, like what you guys said through the Facebook, like, man, we were watching. And I feel like that was the only state open, which was live. Cause you're it's just first like- one. It's the first one that I remember. And, and I, and I can't lie. I'm, I'm that dork that will, when I see it pop up, I'm like, oh, I'm clicking it. And right. I'm, whatever I'm doing, I just watch. Right. So I think that was the first time they did that. And, um, you know, they thanked me for that. Cause I'm sure it would have been boring, you know, and the girls are great. But, you know, if you have interaction from the players, like how you're thinking, that's fantastic, right? And that's why the PJ Tour guys are getting mic'd up and all that type of stuff. So I definitely felt it was great. And I knew, you know, obviously where I was and and if I could help, it would be great. And if I was watching, I'd be like, man, like, can you talk to those guys? You know what I mean? Because they're, they're probably pooping their pants trying to make a four-footer, you know? <laughs> I think I think it was and, – and it was myself, right? And I wasn't I wasn't doing this. I think that so many times on the golf course, you need that. You need to just be who you are and, and finding that, like, like, like you said, you emulated tiger and, and that doesn't work for everybody that works for, for so few people. And, and again, like there's, there's no one way to do something. As you said, like Lee Trevino, like yucking it up with the, with the players and the crowd and doing all that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's no, what's the, what's the phrase there's there's no two ways to skin a cat or something like that like you could do it yeah. you know however you want to and just when you can be yourself it just takes that even if it's that a little bit more pressure off of you because you can be yourself then you right. can play a little freer you can swing a little freer you can you know your mind is clear all those things are like add up to just playing better golf yeah and i and i try to teach that to my kids uh you know who i coach right now it's like you have to practice the way you play. Right. And if I'm playing with, with you guys, you know, I'm going to be talking, right. You don't want to invite me to a, you know, casual round of golf. And I just go silent the whole 18. <laughs> not talk to you. Like maybe say good shot here or there. You'd be like, dude, I'm not inviting this kid back. Like he was mm-hmm. awful. Play with yeah. him. So 
practice like you play. And if I'm practicing with you guys and working on my game, I'm going to be talking to you. Right. I want to tell you like, man, that shot stunk or, or, or what have you, or here's what I'm trying to hit or how's the family, how's the kids type of thing. So like, why not bring that in the, in the heat of the moment? It's a, yeah. There's a, there's a funny story about Tiger. I don't know if you've ever heard it where he, he would play pro-ams and yeah. these guys would play, you know, they'd pay, you know, to pay in the, to play in the program is like $3,000 or whatever. Then they get grouped up with Tiger and you're like, yeah, let's go. And Tiger would be hitting shot. Like he'd be putting to different, like he'd put a, a tee in the, in the green yeah. and put it like far away from them. It's like, okay, well, I, I wanted to play this round with Tiger Woods and and I'm just like walking in the same vicinity. Like it's not like we're talking or anything like that. So, right. To your, yeah. To your point, like it, golf's a social game. It's a, it's a, it's supposed to be a social environment. And, yeah. And and, and yeah. I think, you know, we know the the history of Tiger now. You know, after he's had kids and hurt and all that stuff, and I think he's had a different perspective. For and sure, think, no doubt there. I think if you ask him, I, I don't. We don't know the answer, right? But. Maybe if he would adopt that a little earlier, he might have had more success. We don't we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And we love Tiger for not speaking because he was so dominant. And we um us as human beings, we love dominance, right? We love dunking people and uh, on the net and all that type of stuff. So we're we're definitely addicted to that. But I think for him, you know, maybe if you ask him now, since he has a 360 of his life, he would say, Man, if I, you know, would have been like myself, if I would have been right now, I think I would have been better. I've actually, I would love to ask Tiger a, a number of things, but one of the things would be like, if he, would he trade in some of that dominance for what he's got now? Like he seems happy on the golf course. He seems like he's having a good time and yucking yeah. it up and even taking away the Charlie stuff. Like he just seems like he's enjoying his time out there. And like, I don't know if he would trade majors for it, but like, instead of having, What's he have? Eighty-two wins. Would you rather yeah. have seventy-five wins and have had more fun? You know, like uh, I wonder if I wonder what his answer would be to that, or or is it just like no? I I enjoyed being dominant. I think I think to no. some extent his he would trade some regular season wins for a better personal life. I, mm-hmm. I do. I think we all that have have had more stability. I think when you look back at it. But like all of us, you're you're young, you're immature, you don't know, you're in situations you've never been in. Unfortunately, we all make stupid decisions. And right. and you know, I think now at where Tiger's at, he's able to step back and say, like, you know. But and and when you get older, obviously I'm not there yet, but I'm realizing now, like stuff doesn't matter. Like when you're on your deathbed, you're not thinking about a seminar, you're thinking about can I live one more day? Yeah. Right. And once you like hit that and everybody in life hits that, I believe that once you realize like nothing matters and your health matters and your family matters, then stuff starts to radically change. And I think, you know, when you're young, you're invincible. You feel like, man, I'm never going to get old. You know, nothing's ever going to hurt. And then all of a sudden it's just like, bang, you're like, I'm learning that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm 39 sniffing 40 and all of a sudden I still feel like an act like I'm 17 and I'm like yeah. man I need a I need and, a back heater I need something and, on my back yeah. I need the Ben Gay rubbed on me yeah and, and Lewis how old are you I am uh 29 about to be 30 February 6 so I'm, I was uh, oh happy birthday yeah I'm starting to coming rip, up I'm starting to that real quick right it's a 10 year gap and he's telling you how to live Mike. <laughs> 
I know. Listen, and unfortunately, I need to probably start taking his advice. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sitting here saying like, man, can someone rub my back as I sit here and talk to him, you know? You know? But before I, I want to, I want to dive again more into your round because, you know, so obviously going 65, 66, the last two rounds, you know, that, that that's golfing. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. That, that, that's golf. And there had to be something that clicked for you going from, you know, coming into the week, even after your first round, I don't know if it was you feeling a little more comfortable, but was there something that you found on the range beforehand or coming into the day two that allowed you to go that low? Because I mean, that, that's, that, that's no joke in terms of the numbers. So, yeah, you talk about um, the first round, like I, I, uh, I did some stuff in the winter to um, really change my game. Um, did some fitness stuff, um, was trained in some to some um, newly newly aged fitness stuff, which which I can get into later. Um, and then saw saw a putting coach, David Orr. Um, took one of my members actually in the spring, uh, David Orr. So when I got to the um, to the first round, I was hitting it great. And I was put, I putted really lousy. Um, and I got this new putter um, that week from my, from my club company. Cause I switched club companies this year, which I think is the, the key to my success, which you can talk about too. But um, so I switched putters um, that day. I actually had a morning tea time. So I went to go get Chipotle, came back and putted for two hours. Cause I put it absolutely horrendous. I made a lot of birdies, but coming down a stretch, I think I bogeyed four out of my last five holes. And uh, my member took a different member took me out for a practice. And I'm like, I absolutely love this course. Like if you drew up a course for Lewis Kelly, the Ridge was it like legitimately length, you know, speed as far as firmness and all that type of stuff. I'm like, I should be winning this by 20. Right. And I just shot one over par. So, um, so did that. And um, did, I didn't hit any balls after, cause I was like, I'm happy with what I'm doing there. Um, just didn't putt well. So, just spent, you know, an hour and a half, two hours and and decided on, on the new putter. And, um, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But, you know, um, I felt like that's how well I was playing all week, right? I just didn't putt well. So. We haven't gotten into it yet, but obviously winning the the open and being the first African-American ever to do that. Yeah. Your, and you mentioned your junior years being – uh, like not being a country club kid growing up, you know, not playing in the AJGA stuff. Do yeah. you do you feel like you had? Uh, do you feel like doors were closed because you were black that you had to get through, or was it other things? Like like how much of it was was that? Was it was it being a black guy that you just yeah. like in a game that is predominantly white? Talk a little bit about that. I think that's a great question. If I can go on the length, that you know that would really I would really appreciate for sure. You know, pioneers, and you can guys go through history on who's, you know, the first this and the first that, especially on the PJ Tour. And there's been a groundwork for laid out for me that people have paved the way, right? So I don't want to be naive and say um, it's not all, you know, race, because I think a little, little bit of it is, but we're not in the 1960s. So what my, my version of my life is nowhere near, you know, Martin Luther King days and all that stuff. So I don't think it's that. I think it's the elitist aspect, right? The money, right? Like I, I, if my, I could, I could 
play basketball in my bare feet and and probably get an NBA deal, right? If the right if the right car drives past at the moment that I'm jumping 13 feet in the air, right? And especially social media now, but even if I was, you know, balling in 2010, I- I'm going to get an NBA deal, right? You've never seen anybody jump 13 feet and in barefoot. So that that has nothing to do with race, color, money, nothing. I mean, you can have holes in your pockets and all that type of stuff. But in golf, it's different, right? Um, entry fees, hotels, right? And we talk about 2010, the, the Jersey, the, the junior um, championship. It's like, man, okay, we got to spend another hotel. We're three hours away from home in our own state, right? In a hotel. And I got, I got two younger brothers. So, you know, a family of five. So, um, you know, any, every penny matters. And I'm not saying that um, that separates, right? But that's a big deal in a sport that clubs cost anywhere from, you know, 1000 to, you know, it's like 2500 a set now, right? So like, you know, balls, right? You know, you got to play with balls. So I think um, that kind of separates the good players from the great players, right? Like, you know, I'm looking for sponsorships right now, you know, because I feel like, you know, I did – I the guy who I beat in the state open playing the PGA tour event the week before. And not a lot of people know that. And Jason, we've, we've definitely exchanged texts and, and phone calls now. So now he's a good friend, but you know, I was competing against a guy who, you know, Southern California guy, you know, millions of dollars on tour. Right. And now he's worked for the O'Shea's PGA now, but you know, he has the experience that you can't pay for. Right. Like I could be the best golfer in the world in my apartment, in an indoor facility. But if I can't pay to pay for a greens fee, no one's going to know about me. And I could be the best like ever to ever live. So that's different than any other sport. Um, so I think, I think those are the challenges there, especially when you start to get into professional golf, you know, I feel like I could play on the PJ tour right now, but because I have no money, um, you know, I'm working at Burlington and not saying that I don't love there because the members are membership is great, but you know, I want to play at the highest level and I feel like I have the game to do. And the only thing that's holding me back is financials. So that's really tough, especially, you know, when you have a week like the state open, when I've had multiple weeks before, you know, I missed the travelers this year by one stroke. So it's like, man, is that, is that me? Is that my game? Or is that the experience that if I played full time, I, w- I can make that up. Right. You know? So that's, that's always difficult. So, so with that, like, obviously, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but like, when you talk about like climbing the ladder, why, yeah. why not? And again, I, I get it that you're, you're right there and, and mentally you feel like you are there. Like, why sure. not just climb the ladder within the state or does the operational side of running a golf course full time or a director of instruction yeah. full time? Does, does that not interest you because the playing is so much more important? Yeah, like I, you know, since I was 10 and I won that first junior tour event, I mean, first junior tour event by, um, you know, three strokes and I shot 50, right? It's like, I want to do this. Like, and and I, and I don't know if you guys see my social media, like I love first tee. I love going the game. I love making my members, you know, the happiest people on the earth, especially with their games. Like I'm addicted to helping everyone. Um, and that's kind of my personality you know, getting to know people. So I love that. But when I lay my head down at night, I'm not thinking about the next car. I'm not thinking about the big house. Like I, I want to be dominant on the PJ tour. And I feel like I can do that right now. Um, 
it's just getting in, right? It's just about, you it's know, the putting resources. in the work. Right. Right. And that, and I feel like everybody wants to do the race thing. Um, and, and some of it is, don't get me wrong. And I definitely don't want to be naive, naive in that because we do play, you know, golf and that's definitely an elitist sport, but it's resources flat out. You know, I could be purple, but if I have millions of dollars in the bank and I can afford, you know, the country club, I'm, and I put in the work, I'm going to get there. There's, there's no way about it. But if I can't go to the country club and I can only hit five balls outside or, you know, can't get to a putting green, I'm not going to make it. It's just flat out. And I guess that's kind of crazy that, that someone, and we all know that there's money everywhere and people have stupid amount of money. And it's, it's crazy that I, I guess to even to some extent that someone on your level who's dabbled on the professional scene, who's been really close to, to getting in. And then you go to do what you did this past summer. I guess sure. I'm stunned that there wasn't a guy, a lady, a company that said, Hey, listen, we got X amount of money. Let's take a flyer on a kid, this kid, and let's just give sure. him three years and say, Hey, listen, you got three years. You don't get it done. You're done. But right. I yeah. guess I'm surprised that someone at your level can't get that regardless of race. And, and maybe, you know, I'm not a, um, in your face type of I know, guy. You're not so a like, promoter. You're not. If, uh, you know, Mike, let's say if you were one of my members and I knew you owned X amount of companies, like I'm not going to come into you and, and shake your pockets. Like Mike, I know, you know, you got two Bentleys in the garage. Like you gotta give me some, you know, I'm not that type of guy because of my personality and how I've been taught. So, you know, I'm just praying about it. You know, my faith is big and, and obviously, you know, this was God's will for me to win this thing. Right. And I, and I, we may and may not get into it, but if I don't beat Jason Gore, who just played in the PJ Tour event, in a playoff, I don't think – we may be talking, but it doesn't hold the magnitude uh, of the event. So I think stars are aligning that way, and that's kind of what I believe. Um, and I think, you know, big things might happen soon, hopefully, but, um, you know, this is in the right direction. And I can only – you know, I can send you um, text messages when we get off, you know, kind of my setup in my apartment, hitting my first tee phone balls into my window with the with the yoga mat on a space just enough to swing. So that's my indoor facility. So, um, well, not for nothing. I hope I hope when we yeah. get this out there that someone someone hears you. Sure. Here's your story and says, like, listen, like this dude's a quality person. He's clearly yeah. very good at the game of golf. I got a lot of money. I'm going to take a flyer on him because, you know, I think sure. results speak for themselves and, and I get it. Like I've seen other social medias of, of different professionals and some people are way more out there and their yeah. following is way bigger and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And there's no doubt that yours is, is different in that respect. Yeah. You clearly are like, have the, have the persona to do it. Like you can have a, a conversation interacting with the kids. You can certainly do it. Uh, I'm like you, I'm also not good at that self-promotion. I don't like being necessarily on camera and yet we hear start a podcast, yeah. but like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you on that. Like that, that's, it's tough to have both. And you know, if it's but not you, you think, it's not you. Yeah. And I, and I agree yeah. with that, but then don't you think like, all right, well, Clearly that, in a sense, for someone like me, never met it's you, not, never It's not because you. you can't, though, Lewis. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, that's what that's, I want to say. It's not because that's you, where, yeah, you're not. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. So it's not like I never knew you. I didn't know who you were. I Obviously, I saw yeah. you are playing good golf. 
But like a guy like me doesn't get to know you if you don't self-promote to some extent. And and I guess I would say you're not that way. But don't you feel like you have to go that way a little bit to to be vulnerable yeah, I, in that extent? Like, hey, listen, yeah. here's who I am. Yeah, I, I think in t- today's age, um, I think I do. And I, obviously, I'll take all the advice I could, Ken. Um, I, don't, honestly, and- I, don't, I don't have much advice. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, no, I'm, I mean, Brian for- and I were the same way. Like, I, I'm not, I'm on social media, but I never did it. Now, all of a sudden, I said, Ryan, well, if I'm going all in, shit, I'm just going to start putting myself out there. Even when I miss the putts or if I hit a good shot, like, I'm going to do it. I've never yeah. done it in the past. But I feel like that's part of the gig. That's part of the job. And and not to yeah. say that you should do that, but I do think like that could assist you to say, hey, listen, this dude's a good dude. Like, let's take a yeah. flyer on him. And and I think um, me growing up, especially we're just talking about the golf world for a minute. It's like, you know, because of who I am and who I look like, I've always just had to, I guess, fly under the radar, so to speak, you know, if I go to, you know, different clubs or, or in different junior events. So I think that's kind of built into kind of my life, so to speak. Right. I, I, I just, I'm just not out there if you don't talk to me. Right. But once you talk to me, you know, I'll have a conversation and, and, and show you my, my character, so to speak. Right. But I'm not, you know, waving a flag or have a banner as soon as I walk into the country club. So I definitely think as I get older, you know, we talked about life before, like, I'm about to hit 30, right? Like time is dwindling. So now I'm going to say, you know, and I think money is also a um, tough conversation to have. But now it's like I said, because I'm getting older, I'm going to say, hey, Ryan, um, you know, here's what I'm doing. Here's here's what I've done. I think I can do this. Ryan, can you help me? Right. And I think just changing and get outside my comfort zone and it may affect our relationship. It may not. Like, Ryan, if you're my if you're my member, right. I might have to cross that line. Right. Not, 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 not crazy. Right. You know, still be respectful mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, Brian, you're my member. Can you help me? You know, here's my business plan and all that type of stuff. So right, I, I'm just, I'm right. You're looking for investors and the business is you, not right. something that you, you right. know, it's, it's, so it's a little different. And I think there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think. And, and, and Ryan can tell you, like, I am like either all in or I'm all out. And when I go all right. in, like, we're fucking doing this, buddy. Like, right. I'm going right. in. If I, it's just like, I'm doing it. So, like, I I even, I post the things on Instagram of me missing putts. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people DM me, like, dude, you suck. That, how do you miss that putt? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, fuck you. Like, I I'm, I don't know. Do you want to see just the good ones? I'm going to be authentic and real. Like, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and most people don't have that, right? You only see the good shots. But I – and hopefully, um, you know, I'm not embarking on, on the um, future you guys have, but I would love for you guys to, like, come to stay open, right? If you're going to be the Jersey podcast, you guys should, like, think about these tournaments and these little – Stop stealing our ideas. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but listen, enough about us because yeah. <laughs> Ryan and I will sit here and talk forever. But like, let's let's talk because I I know that there's young kids and junior golfers that that follow us that listen to us because of, of the DMs that we get sent and whatnot. And and kids will ask us questions like, what you know, what about this guy or things like that. You know, how, how was that person? Like, if you were to give a a very good or inexperienced junior golfer, boy or girl, trying to get better. Um, yeah. What are what are some things you tell maybe even the kids at your first tee to like? Yeah. You know, how do you how do you lower your scores to make yourself become a better golfer? 
I, I definitely think instruction is important. Um, you know, I, I was definitely fortunate and lucky enough to have, you know, one of the best coaches in, in the world in Dick Smith. And he definitely set the groundwork for me, you know, to become the ball striker I am today. Um, so I definitely think instruction is important, but, you know, kids, unlike myself, when I was growing up, they, they have it all at their fingertips. Like the goats are leaving the breadcrumbs for free, you know, like, Tiger Woods, like if you listen to his Hall of Fame speech and like all these interviews, like if you go through them and do the research, like they're all there and there's a lot of bad information out there. So it's tough for a kid to decipher. Um, but if you have a, a coach, you know, hopefully at your local muni or, or your country club that can help you like springboard, you know, that growth and success do that. But the, the, the goats are leaving are, are leaving the breadcrumbs for free. So watch as much golf as you can and then do do the work, right? If you have enough space in your in your backyard or or on your driveway to swing, you know, do that for sure. And then obviously just look at swings, right? Look you everybody's got YouTube, everybody's got TV. Just Google Tiger Woods rain session. Like I feel like many different people learn differently, you know, being a coach. But I feel like everybody, if you watch it for a thousand hours and you just watch it, Tiger Woods, I aimlessly, you're going to pick up certain stuff. Like, man, it's, you might not understand it all, but you might pick it up. So I definitely would would suggest that to juniors. Pick your favorite guy. You know, obviously it's going to be one of the top guys. You're not going to pick the the last guy that got into the FedEx Cup. You're not YouTubing him, right? You're YouTubing the stars. So you know, find a guy that you like or a girl you like, and then just watch them and watch what they do. And, and everything's at your fingertips now. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt that you have the resources nowadays. All the kids do. Yeah. Even to like, to your point, everybody's got cameras on them. If Keegan Bradley's your favorite golfer, there's so many, right. there's so much out there. Like you, you can yeah. certainly find whatever you're looking for. The internet is a vast place. You can find whatever. Out for there. sure. Especially right now, because when I was growing up, it was just like you only had this one segment, right, of Tiger for like three hours and it was done. You couldn't find anything. The only thing you had was a book, right? So you either had the TV, the legitimately TV, or a book. That was (laughs) Now, obviously, for like some of the questions I like to ask is, 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 you know, being a golfer in the Garden State, like you had mentioned, it's crazy how big the state is that you could go two and a half hours north and still be in New Jersey. I live down in so I know exactly what you're saying in terms of driving Jersey. It's like, holy hell, I need to make a whole day of it just to get there. 100%. But I do know that the golf courses in that area won't be neglected from us in that respect, just because of the distance. But like, if you were to have a favorite, both a public and a private that you would say to someone like, Hey, listen, if you got the opportunity to go play this private course, you got to drop what you're doing and you got to go. But then on the flip side, what about like a public course at the average show? Like Ryan and I aren't members anywhere. We just want to go tee it yeah. up. If we're not invited to go play, it's like, I'll pay yeah. the greens fees. It's respectable course in good shape. Yeah. You got two yeah. in mind. Yeah. My favorite is Penn Socket. Never. I played. think it's, it, it, no, I think it's called, it's called country. I think it's called Pensacola Country Club, but it's a county course. Okay. My favorite hole there, and you can see it on the street, is um, three. One, two, three. It's a par three, and there's a tree like to the right front of it. It's so beautiful. It's you gotta play. It's like 
unbelievable. And I, I grew up, you know, around there. Um, you know, I was born in Willingboro and obviously moved to Deford or Sewell later, but that's the best. And we used to have drive, chip and putt um, qualifiers there. Um, kind of editorial, so, right? Penn I, I just, I just Googled it and I'm looking at it. It looks, it looks beautiful. It's, it's and it's public. Yeah, it's public. It is. It's and it's it a, is Penn Sock and Country Club. Yeah, it's a county course. So I don't know the country club. There's no range. There's at, there's no range and there's it, there's a green. So you talk about public as public can get, right? No range, just the green. Like, Let's go. You know, that, and that's how. You know, that's how I grew up, right? I didn't, you know, wasn't monies to hit balls. So I, I I played a lot of junior events, you know, only getting, you know, 10 bucks and just, you know, kind of saving that and just kind of air swinging and then putting and then going out. All right, well, I guess that's one added to the list, right? Yeah, for sure. And what about a private place? I mean, I, I don't know in a sense if there's one that stands out more so than others to you, but I do want to preface this question. Don't, if, if you've played Pine Valley, I'm not letting you count that. So, so a lot of people don't know this. Pine Valley was my first job. Oh wow! So oh. I didn't know. That. Um, I didn't. I didn't find that. No. So I was a uh, I was a bus boy. So oh, my first why. ever. Thought, I'm thinking golf career. No, no, no. Um. So my mom came in. She said, "Hey, my girlfriend works at this golf course. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna call the guy and and see if you can get a job or or call her son because I think her son working there." And it's at Pine Hill. I'm like, man, I don't want to work at Pine Hill. Like, and that now it's Trump Phil. Right. I don't want to work at Pine Hill. So like, you know, she made me wore a suit and, uh, and it was for the bus boy job. And so I call the guy who's obviously a good friend now. I'm like, mom, you didn't tell me it was Pine Valley. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I worked there for four years and obviously I played it a million times. It's not my favorite. So um, obviously it's good. So I don't want to, yeah, no you know, yeah. if I get invited, I'll go be the bus boy for a I week. played it a million times. It's, is I'll that go to the is bus boy. Yeah. Um, well, what's the, you know, favorite? Know, what's the favorite? What's the favorite? I don't know if they're hiring right now, but I'll send you a video from Pine Valley and maybe you can use this. So I've, a caddy told me, and I don't know if you guys know the course. Pictures. So, so I'm like one of five guys to hit the two par fives and two in the same day. Um, okay. So if you if you ask some of your the guys who have played it, they're gonna be like, "What?" You know. So, um, so that's not my favorite. You know, it's so tough because I'm I'm very biased to a few things. I, I worked at Matitacock for three years. And they have a corn fair event this year, which I'm hoping to uh, play in or get an exemption or whatever. So I'm going to speak that into his existence now. But Matitacock is special, obviously, because it's just pure. Yeah. Have you, have you been yeah. there? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the range. You, you get lost. Is the best range in the world. There's not. And there's, they're not you want to if you legit want to practice, that is the spot. Right. So, you know, that that is obviously near and dear to my heart. And hopefully I can, like I said, play in that corn fair event, which I think I could definitely win if I get in, right? I'm trying to think of any other privates that really stick out to me. I mean, Baltistral is great. I guess I would have to go to Matitacon. Yeah, just because I, you know. Tough to go wrong. <laughs> got 27 great holes. And to me, yeah. I don't think there's a better hole than the 27th hole as it is. That par four dog right. leg right. Don't chunk that you thing know, over the water, boy. Is that the one with the water? Yep. Mm-hmm. When you win something, you're coming back on here, and we're fast tracking that oh. that interview. I do want to say this real quick. 
I've looked ahead to the NJSGA schedule, and I saw that one of the qualifiers is at Burlington Country Club. I can't lie. I'm thinking about having my revenge on that place. You should. I'm not shaking you, balls on the range. And now you can get practice. You can get practice rounds. Yeah, maybe I'm. I might know somebody yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> he might. This way doesn't reveal any of my secrets. Louis, <laughs> before we end here, uh, I have I have two questions I want to ask you. Living in New Jersey, we have this big debate here: pork roll or Taylor ham. What you going with? <laughs> I I kind of go with neither. I'm a sausage sausage egg and cheese guy. Okay. Um, but. It's definitely pork roll for sure. Okay, that's, that's what, what I'm talking, talking about. about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I mean, Taylor Ham, what the heck is Taylor Ham? I don't know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Pork roll. I have no idea what Taylor Ham is. So <laughs> I, I agree with you. So, Lewis, the, the other question that we like to end with is golfers are kind of are kind of quirky or superstitious by nature. Uh, all of us have our own little things that we do whether it's you know we've, we've talked to guys that have like the, the glove has to be in the back left pocket put like tees and like having a certain number of tees balls this kind of stuff what are some sure. when you're getting ready for a competition or when you're playing in a in a in a tournament what are some of those some of your superstitions or or even if it's just a routine maybe it's less superstitious but the routine talk, like talk to us about some of those that might be kind of Kind of quirky or or funny or just like, I mean, all my preparations the night before. So I kind of like always clean my clubs and my grips the night before. Um, I'm not big on like tees in the left pocket, even though I did have one member. He's like, you always have the five tees in the left pocket. Like if you're on the 18 and you 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 only have one, you got to put five back in. You know, stuff like that. So I kind of try to do some of that stuff that guys who are either successful, you know, business wise, if they do something, but on what I'm notorious of doing is never tying my shoes up until I get to the first tee. You're the second person that said that. <laughs> That's We've hilarious. Heard that before. Yeah. Crazy. That's so um, funny. So like to me, to me that, that signifies like, all right, let's go. Right. Like, you know, let's put the mouthpiece in before you get to the ring, right? I mean, before you, you know, the, the bell rings. Um, so I've always done that. <laughs> it kind of backfired. The um, the last state open, which was uh, Springbrook. I want to say, was that Springbrook? I did that. And my shoe, like, like I pulled I pulled it too tight and it broke. Oh, oh man. So one of my members that I saw, that, he was like, you idiot, you tie your shoes before you, you know. <laughs> so... Um, so that was kind of, you know, and it wasn't like a golf shoe. It was more like a, um, minimalist shoe, but, um, so that's the only, that's the only time that it happened for me. But, um, yeah, so all my stuff is like pre-round, like I'll, I'll, I'll do my balls. Cause I don't want to do, I don't, I don't ever want to do line my ball up during the rounds. Like I want, fr I want to pull out a ball and it'd be fresh with all my stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, like I always do that type of stuff. And then, um, yeah, but that's that's about it. I think I think those are quirks too, like not having or like exactly what I'm talking about. Like you don't want to do that stuff, so you're doing it, you know, beforehand. Yeah. Mike's got the tip yeah. of having you got to have two T's in your left pocket. So Mike Mike put two T's in and shot 44 
and and then he's like, I'm never doing this again. Like I've listened to all you guys say every, things. He's listened like, to every every superstition I'm like, that we've oh, got. These guys like, I'm do trying this. that. I'm trying this. Yeah. yeah. And I and I give up. I shut him. I'm going with two T's. This guy does it. Oh my God. Give me the handful of T's in my pocket. Give me my divot tool. Give me my ball marker. But you can't have too much. You can't have this big ball and you're sticking your you know, the worst feeling in the world, and I've done this before, if you have a pencil in your pocket. Ah. And you go in or a tea and it sticks you. You're like, your day's done. Yeah. Your day is over. So, but listen, I listen, I like like I feel like Ryan and I have been saying to everybody that's come on here, I, I can't thank you guys enough and, and you especially to come on here. I mean, I'd love to do it again. I'd love to come out to your place and, and do something in person. Um, but but thank you for, for coming on here and, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, Lewis, after your next win, we're, we're definitely having you on again as well. And after every subsequent one thereafter. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I th- hopefully the, the next one is, you know, obviously the next tournament. But, you know, the Matita Conk one would be great, right? And then a major would be great, green jacket. And then we'll do, like, in person. You guys will be big time then, blue checks and all that <laughs> type of stuff. So, but sit down and then obviously the nine-hole, three-hole thing we would definitely do, you know. Um, this is the first state open champion you guys have had. So I may have won by default, you know, how you started. Cause if you started last year, you know, then I'm not the first. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm addicted to being the first. So, uh, there you go. you know, let's, let's, let's keep that trend. Going. You're our pioneer so too. Good. good stuff, Lewis. Well, thank you Thanks, again Lewis, so much. I appreciate it. Thanks brother. Take I'll care. Appreciate it. Okay. See ya.